when we have awareness, we're saying, what am I so angry about? Am I angry at myself? Am I angry at someone else? Am I angry at God? Is what I'm angry about a justified anger? Like if I'm angry at myself for failing, I probably need to re-examine grace because failure is a part of the human experience. If I'm angry at myself for sinning, I want to move toward the process of repentance and healing, not toward the process of being more and more angry at myself. Does that make sense to y'all? If my anger is towards someone else, I want to ask the question, is my wrongness about my pride? Is my wrongness about my fear? These are lots of things we've already talked about, so you can go revisit those episodes. Is my wrongness about a violation of my boundary? How am I going to allow this anger to be a red flag in my soul that gives me a moment to slow down and say, is this justified anger and what am I going to do about it? Welcome to Let's Be Real, a completely honest, entirely practical conversation about how to live our lives with freedom, purpose, and abundance. Popular author and communicator Nicole Eunice brings her 20 years of experience as a counselor, pastor, and coach to a real conversation about the tricky questions and tough decisions in life, and how to find clarity in action no matter what obstacle you may face. Have a topic to suggest or a tricky situation you need help with? We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email or voice memo to Nicole at NicoleEunice.com. We might feature you on the show. And now here's your host, Nicole Eunice. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Let's Be Real podcast. My name is Nicole Eunice, and I am so glad to be your host, maybe your coach, pastor, friend, whatever it is that will serve you today. I hope this conversation will be helpful to you. So we have been in a series talking about issues that keep us from experiencing real freedom in our life that sort of operate underneath the surface, maybe not things that we necessarily are constantly aware of or want to be aware of, but are actually hindering us in this quest to be free and joyful and peaceful. And so we've talked about control and comparisons and anger and all these, well, we're actually going to talk about anger today, um, but all these things that can kind of hold us back. So this is sort of loosely based on the work that I put together in She's Got Issues, which is my first book that came out, I can't even believe it, it's almost been 10 years. Um, And And I just find that it's good to revisit these things because like I talk about and she's got issues, this isn't like a one and done. Like, oh, if I handle my insecurity when I'm in eighth grade, I'll never have to revisit my insecurity again. Like we talked about on the show with Aaron and Elisa, there are things like in a circular pattern that we seem to come back to in different ways. And particularly today, as we talk about anger, I feel like there's such an opportunity for God to use our anger to fuel our purpose if we allow him to, if we actually like handle the rage machine and get really honest about what's going on inside of us so that we can put these um, guardrails and sort of power around how we respond to what is wrong. Because that's really what anger is. Anger comes and is a response to us when we feel like we have been wronged or something is wrong. Now, we're going to talk about what does it mean to believe that I've been wronged and that something is wrong and how do I handle what's righteous anger and what is sin. And we're going to talk about all that today. So I feel like this is particularly a great conversation for just me and you to have. So I want you to imagine that we are in a place that you feel really comfortable 
and you're feeling very safe to explore some of these ideas because particularly for the women listening right now, dealing with female anger is a very tricky situation because anger is so unacceptable in the female kind of image in our culture that knowing what to do with it. And then particularly, I think there's another layer if you've grown up in the church or you're part of church or church culture. Um, in many, many places, it feels like there is a implicit sort of uh, understanding that your anger is not acceptable and that um, your anger is too powerful and too out of control and it's not welcome. And that means that for a lot, particularly of women, although I think this happens to men as well, because that anger does not have a place to go and no one's ever really understood what to do with it in a healthy way, um, it gets pushed under the surface and it comes out in even more toxic ways. So why I want to talk about this with me and you in a safe place if, for as much as we can imagine that experience is because we have to be okay with talking about it and maybe addressing it or experiencing it or saying, what is going on in me? Um, where do I feel wronged? What am I carrying about feeling wronged? Where is that feeling wronged toward toward whom or what am I feeling wronged? So that we can start to understand that anger and allow it to be used by God to fuel our purpose rather than to be used by the enemy uh, to fuel our destruction. And truly, those might sound like dramatic words, but I do think that's the power that anger has within us. So not even addressing it or pretending like it's not a thing. I mean, I, I just know so many people who are like, I don't really get angry. I'm like, really? Because anger is a emotion that is part of the human experience. Anger is a good thing in the sense that it is a powerful way of knowing when something has gone wrong. Now, sometimes our understanding of what it means to be wronged needs to be shaped and addressed. But in general, the concept, just like in its own right, the concept of anger, the concept of, of being passionate about something when something is going wrong is not a bad thing. And so if you never get angry, then I would want to ask, like, are you in touch with your true self? Are you in touch with the world and what is right and wrong in your life? Um, or is it that you have been taught to subvert that anger so deeply because you haven't seen it modeled, you don't know what to do with it, it's scary and feels out of control when it hits you, that you're so good at repressing it or suppressing it, and it's coming out in other ways. Now, how would anger come out in other ways? Um, I think particularly in women, one of the ways that you see anger come out can be in depression. Um, there's a definition of depression that depression is anger turned inward. Um, I think that anger can come out in a passive aggressive way of living life. I think anger can come out in a spirit of complaining and criticism. And because that anger doesn't have any place to go, it kind of starts going everywhere. It's like, um, I think about like a septic system and the way that like the septic tank, if you, I mean, God love us, anyone who's ever had a septic tank. We had a septic tank when I was growing up in California, a very bad experience with an overflowing septic tank and my like brother being in the septic field. I mean, it's a very, very visceral memory. Um, but we around here in my world, some people do have septic tanks. And if a septic tank is leaking, it's going to like, the problem is it will leach into the whole area. So like the toxins of that septic tank will then leach into a big area 
area. And I think of anger that way. Like if anger isn't properly um, addressed, then it's going to leach out into all these other areas where it's not, doesn't belong. And so all of a sudden you've got this critical complaining spirit that you have about everything, or you have like a really, really critical or aggressive spirit in places where you feel like it's it's sort of allowed or okay. So it comes out um, at the grocery store cashier. It comes out at things that you like, just like complaints or feelings about how the world is and a lot of powerful emotion in that direction. And it's not that those things are bad. Like I said, anger can fuel our passion. It helps us understand what our calling is, what our purpose is, what God has wired us for. But if that's the place that your personal like understanding of what's right and wrong is coming out, then it's going to be leached in a toxic way that isn't helpful or productive. And so we want to find how we address and know what anger looks like in us, and then what we do to make it be a productive, a productive, powerful emotion, rather than a destructive, powerful emotion. Just the fact that it's powerful is, I think, what makes a lot of us really struggle with even expressing it at all, especially if we're not used to it. And we're like, oh my gosh, I feel so overwhelmed by this like rage machine. Like I have an incredible Hulk in me and I didn't know it was in here and I I don't know what to do with it. And it, it's overwhelming me. And so then we want to suppress it even more rather than kind of ride the wave through and see what's on the other side of that anger. So a couple of things about um, <clears throat> that anger. So we talked about what it looks like when it's subverted, um, why it's so socially in- unacceptable, I think particularly in women. And I think because women themselves often don't know what to do with that powerful experience, it ends up coming out in all these other ways. And it's so damaging and destructive um, to have subversive anger. So anger that's like rage machine anger obviously is like for the whole world to see is a problem. But anger that's subversive critical, complaining spirit, a a depression, an anger turned inward, all of that is just as destructive. It's just more insidious. And that's why I think it is so, so important that we talk about it. Me and you talk about your anger, your anger, what makes you angry. And when we talk about that, I think we've kind of got three categories that anger ends up expressing itself The first is that we can have anger toward ourselves. And this is that sort of depression side. Anger toward ourselves, disappointment in who we haven't been, anger toward our sin, disappointment in the ways that we failed. And rather than coming forward for grace, coming into healing and grace, we just keep circling and sort of punishing ourselves for what we're mad at that we aren't. So we've got an anger at our failure. The second place that we can be angry is angry at other people. This is any time that we feel wronged. And the interesting thing about our soul is that we can hold all of our memories and emotions in there as if they're in the present. So you may be angry about something that happened when you were 11 years old. When you revisit that anger, it's as if it was happening right then. Like it, it is it's so powerful that if it has not been addressed, you can revisit like you're in a time machine in your soul and you are right back in that moment. That is really, really hurtful and hard because that means that you're carrying the weight of all that baggage of everything that's happened because we've all been wronged. Some of us have been wronged in very deep 
painful, violating ways. Some of us have been wronged in small ways that we sort of rationalize or justify, but our soul's holding on to them as if they're really a problem. And so we've got all of us, a lot of baggage that we're carrying. And if you haven't visited and revisited that place so that you can offer forgiveness, healing to yourself and to others, then you're going to keep carrying that as if it's in the present. And and if you've ever been around an old person, (laughs) I'm going to say over the age of 70, People over the age of 70 are either like wonderful to be with or terrible to be with. Like if you've ever been with a really angry person over the age of seven, it's, it's 70. It's like everything they've ever been angry about has caught up with them. They've perhaps never experienced forgiveness, grace, or healing. And then it's like this concentrated lifetime of baggage is now expressed in this end of life. Or you may have been people, been with people who are over the age of 70 who are delightful. And what they've experienced, I believe, is really this ability to let go, to forgive, to heal, to forgive themselves, to forgive other people. And then this final one that I think needs to be talked about more um, is that we're angry at God. Angry at God is an existential experience of being upset about something that you can't control that God gave you. So um, being upset about the family that I'm in, angry about the family I'm in, being upset about the color of my skin or my gender. Certainly, I remember in my early 20s when I first felt called to ministry, one of my most wrestling prayers with God was, God, if you gave me these gifts, why didn't you make me a man? Because it felt so socially unacceptable to be a female called to teach and preach and lead, and I didn't feel like there was any outlet for that. Now, if I had not been been okay with doing that work and being led in that work, being led by people in front of me who gave me permission to have those experiences, then I might have cast that anger in a place that it didn't belong. I could have cast that anger to myself, as I often did, or I could cast that anger on other people whose responsibility, it's not their responsibility to handle like my gender or the culture that we're in. That's an issue with God. And I think that one of the things that is so crucial in our healing and our freedom and our joy is to be able to wrestle appropriately with the right party when it comes to our anger. And when we have this like existential existential angst or anger about whatever um, in our life, like recognizing where it belongs, like who do I have my issue with really? Because if I was given gifts that I didn't ask for, and I was also made a woman I didn't ask for that, like there is a creator who planned that. And so my issue, truly my wrestling, especially at that time was with God. My wrestling was with what God wanted to do with my gifting and my purpose in a way that would bring him glory, not in a way that would lead to destruction. There is a difference in those two kinds of anger. Here's two places in scripture I want to take you guys. The first is in John chapter two. It's also in other gospels, but I'm just bringing you to John chapter two, um, where Jesus comes into the temple And it says that he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others were sitting at the tables exchanging money. So what's basically happening here is that people came to the temple, the Jewish people came to the temple to offer sacrifices, and there were stipulations in scripture for the amount of money that you had and what you could offer. So for instance, if you could not afford a lamb, then perhaps in scripture it would say two pigeons are acceptable. There was different kinds of offerings. So people are coming to the temple to offer these sacrifices. And when Jesus 
walks in and sees people taking advantage of poor people in their quest to come in and sacrifice at the temple. He, it says in scripture that he, he created a whip. He overturned the tables out of this whip. He scattered the money changers and all those people and said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. And then his disciples, this is verse 17, his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. So they were seeing um, Jesus play out this prophecy about his father's house and the temple and the ex- experience of coming to God, especially if we're going to translate it into our New Testament reality. What this was about, we don't go to a temple and offer sacrifices anymore because Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. But the temple represented the place where people could come and be reconciled and in relationship with their Father God. And when Jesus saw that it was being used and and people were being exploited in a place where they were meant to come to God, it says zeal consumed him. And I do believe there's a difference in anger that leads to zeal or anger that leads to sin. So in Ephesians 4, it says this. So this is kind of the other kind of anger. Ephesians 4, 26, 26 and 27. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. So I love little words in scripture. The very first word in that verse is in. In your anger, do not sin. It doesn't say Um, don't get angry. It says in your anger, like so as you experience the natural emotion of anger, which is your soul's natural response to being wronged or something being wrong, when you have that, the scriptures are full of stories of justice and injustice. God has created us in his image. We have a justice meter and a moral compass within. We have a sense when something is good and bad. We have a sense of what is just and unjust. And when something is wrong, we will respond in anger. And so what scripture says is in that anger, which is a natural response, not the sin itself, in that anger, do not sin. And I think the only way for our anger to not lead us to sin is for us to be aware of it, to be able to tackle it, to be able to address it, to have awareness about it. When we have awareness, we're saying, what am I so angry about? Am I angry at myself? Am I angry at someone else? Am I angry at God? Is what I'm angry about a justified anger? Like if I'm angry at myself for failing, I probably need to re-examine grace because failure is a part of the human experience. If I'm angry at myself for sinning, I want to move toward the process of repentance and healing, not toward the process of being more and more angry at myself. Does that make sense to y'all? If my anger is towards someone else, I want to ask the question, is my wrongness about my pride? Is my wrongness about my fear? These are lots of things we've already talked about, so you can go revisit those episodes. Is my wrongness about a violation of my boundary? How am I going to allow this anger to be a red flag in my soul that gives me a moment to slow down and say, is this justified anger and what am I going to do about it so that I don't respond and lash out and take that power towards somebody else before I've given it a moment? So when the scripture goes on to say, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Sometimes people interpret this to mean you have to resolve all conflict within one day of having a conflict. Hello, we're not going to do that. We're not going to (laughs) resolve 
racism. We're not going to resolve ongoing hurt and wounds from like a a long-term relationship. Like that stuff's not going to resolve in one day. But what we can resolve to do is to bring anger into our awareness, to be able to ask the question, what is this anger about? And is it justified or not? So that I've done some of the work of processing it so that I know what my next step is. If I'm angry at myself, I want to seek healing and repentance from Jesus, from, from grace. If I'm angry at others, I need to ask myself, is this a justified anger? Is this the appropriate place for it. If I'm just like angry in general um, about a certain people group and one of those people comes into my life and I want to put the the brunt of my anger about that whole people group on one person, that's not justified. That's not righteous. But I can slow down and say, what is it that I can do to address just this one situation where my my boundaries have been violated? And we're going to talk about boundaries in this next upcoming episodes. So if you have more questions about how you would actually do that, hold tight and we'll be talking about that. Is my anger at God? Do I have an existential frustration or wrestling that I need to work through? If so, I want to make sure that I'm not putting that anger in any other inappropriate place. And I want to make time to wrestle with God through that. I'm going to need to be in the scripture. I may need a mentor or a spiritual director or a friend to help me guide me through that process. I need to acknowledge that that's what's actually happening so that I can come toward the Lord, not away from God with that. Um, and that's a very important part of the process because it says that if you do, if you, if you do allow that anger to fester, you're giving the devil a foothold. And that's what I mean about the power of anger. Anger has a way of igniting our purpose when it's in God's hands. Anger has a way of bringing destruction when it's in the enemy's hands. But what we can't do is have no anger. Like that's not a, that's not an option. So when, when in our anger, when we're in that place where we know that we've been wronged, we have a, we have a, Uh, decision to make about what we're going to do with that anger. And when we're able to ask that question, is this about something I'm angry about with myself, someone else, or the Lord, then I'm able to categorize what am I going to do with this anger? So as we wrap up today, just a thought about righteous anger, about the kind of anger that Jesus had in the temple when he saw injustice, the kind of anger that Jesus had when he saw religious leaders keeping people from experiencing the kingdom of God. That was like one of the things he was most angry about. The kind of anger that Jesus had when a woman was anointing him with oil, as it's with perfume, before he went to the cross. And those around him, who would probably be considered like the liberals of our day, were like, how dare you, Jesus? We could have used this for the poor. So Jesus is always kind of bringing this passion and zeal for what is good and right and just to the world, but he's doing it without sinning. And that's kind of where we want to put our anger is I want to be aware of what breaks my heart, what I see as real injustice. I want to be aware of what those things are because it's probably, it is a hint to my God-given purpose, my specific way that God is asking me to be in the world. I love the story I tell in um, She's Got Issues when I was researching the book I came upon. And I didn't know this before. If you're familiar with the organization Mothers Against Drunk Driving, Mad is mad. 
is the organization title. Mothers Against Drunk Driving was formed after a woman lost her child to a drunk driver. And instead of allowing that anger to be a destructive force that brought her down and her family down, particularly after people have lost a child or have a child who is experiencing a long-term illness, it is very, very difficult on a marriage. The stats, I don't have them in front of me, but the stats for divorce when you've been through chronic illness or a death are very high. So that is a that is how anger can be destructive. And rather than allowing that anger to be destructive, this woman allowed that anger to become constructive. She allowed that passion in her to actually create something that changed laws and changed lives. That's what anger can actually do for us. That's why it's so, so important that we get in touch with it. Men, women, all of us. What is it that breaks my heart? What is it that makes me pay attention? What is it that I feel like I get passion and energy around? How can I appropriately um, understand where that's from? How can I appropriately allow God to shape me into who he's becoming, a person of both forgiveness and of zeal, so that when my wrongness is about my own pride, when my wrongness or my anger is about my own fear, I'm allowing that to be shaped and allow forgiveness and growth in that area. But I'm also also realizing that when my anger is justified, when my anger is righteous, when my anger is about something that goes against God's way, I can use that in constructive ways. I can allow that energy and passion to be used by God to bring the kingdom of God here on earth in, in all the small little miraculous ways that he invites us to do that. So anger is something that I want to invite you, you and me, I want to invite you to begin to pay attention to in your life, to begin to listen to. Now, my, my I mean, I can't say because I don't know you personally, but my guess is that the majority of your anger is probably related to your own pride and your own fear. There's usually a lot of work to be done there, a lot of forgiveness. And when we have blown up, when we have said words that are unkind, when we've done anything that isn't the way we want to live, one of the things that we we can learn to do is really apologize sincerely without defense, uh, without justification, to be able to name, hey, to our child, for instance, um, I was upset earlier. And when I said X, Y, Z, that was wrong. And I want to ask you to forgive me. I don't need to say at that moment, but you deserve, but you made me, but you were the one who started, but you, you know what I mean? Like we don't need to put a butt on it. You can just apologize. That doesn't mean that you've lost your credibility with your child. It doesn't mean, or your spouse. It doesn't mean that what you were upset about isn't worth addressing. It just means that when you've crossed the line, you have a responsibility to bring that forgiveness and ask for that forgiveness in that relationship. You have a responsibility to repair that relationship. Then separately from that, you can still deal with the issue that brought the anger. So we don't have to, we don't lose our credibility when we're angry. Um, We can still deal with that issue, but we've got to be able to address first, is this wrongness about my pride or my fear, or is it justified? And how am I going to work on having healthy boundaries, productive conversation and conflict, which we will be talking about in the upcoming weeks. So thanks you guys for joining me. Thanks for being here. Hey, if you like the podcast, will you pass it on to a friend or give us a review? Just a rating would be great that helps other people find it and it's been really fun to watch our community grow together throughout this pandemic um all right you guys i'll talk to you next week thanks for tuning in to let's be real with nicole Eunice. we'd love to hear from you have a topic to suggest or a tricky situation you need help with send us an email or a voice memo to nicole at nicole and we may feature you on the show 
And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode.